I just want to welcome each and every one of you to Christ's legacy. Thank you for coming. And I, I look out, and I, as I look out, I see so many faces of, of, of guests this morning. Uh, I assume that uh, families have brought their families that are celebrating. So I thank you so much for coming to Christ's legacy on this Christmas morning. We realize that this is uh, the request Grandma has made and that you're fulfilling your end of the bargain right now. Thank you so much. And I know that Christmas on Sunday morning doesn't happen very often. And as a matter of fact, the next time I believe it'll happen is in 11 years. Is that right? 11 years from now. And in 11 years from now, on Christmas morning, we're going to have Christmas here at Christ's Legacy. Amen? Yeah, that's all right. Um, but I, if the Lord hadn't come back yet, that is. <laughs> I'm rooting for that one. Uh, the, the, the truth of the matter is, though, is that many of you have come this morning and, and you have left presents underneath the tree or maybe wrapped uh, or unwrapped all uh, wrapping is strewn through the living room floor and the dishes are still in the sink from last night's party and, and you've got stuff going on everywhere. And we're so thankful and grateful that you are joining us this morning and making Christ a priority for you and your family. And I, I know that because, because my family is, is here this morning, and we've celebrated last night, and we've celebrated this morning, and we're going to celebrate this afternoon, and, and I can tell you that Santa is going to need a nap after celebrating <laughs> for whatever he's doing right now. And, and I, I know that many of you have had gifts. Has, has anyone already had Christmas morning or cr Christmas Eve all right, there's a lot of us in here that have, and, you, and a lot of you have already received presents, and did you get what you, are any kids in here? Any kids? Okay. Yeah. Did you get what you wanted? No? You did? Okay. You still holding out for, for something else? Good, good call. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that because, because one of the best things about Christmas is, it, it, you know, we love the lights, we love the music, we, we love, uh, we love uh, uh, the food. I'm a big lover of the food. Yeah. But, but the presents are usually what, what get people. The idea of giving a present and the idea of getting a present, it's, it's absolutely the best. But when, when you open it, you realize that that somebody gave it to you in love, that they cared enough about you to, to give that present. And this morning, I want you to know that Jesus is our gift. Say it with me. Jesus is our gift. And as we turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, we're going to read about the gift that was given to us some 2,000 years ago. He took with him, in verse 5, Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, 
Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And that is the greatest gift that the world has ever or will ever receive. Some 700 years ago before Jesus was, not ago, but 700 years before Jesus was even born, the prophet Isaiah prophesied under the power of the Holy Spirit that, that the Messiah would come, that Jesus would be born. As a matter of fact, he said it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6a. He said, for a child is born to us. And watch this. What's the next line? A son is what? Given to us. As a matter of fact, Jesus in the New Testament is shown to be a gift over 40 times. You know, scholars, uh, as scholars research and they look for, for lists and they look for numbers and repetition. And what we can find is if it repeats itself three times, then it's important. This repeats 40 times. This is one of the most important things about all of the gospel, that Jesus is a gift to us. He's a gift to you and your family. He's a gift to our community, and he's a gift to our world. As a matter of fact, one of the most quoted verses of Scripture ever, John 3.16, reminds us of that fact. For this is how God loved the world. He what? He gave. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is a gift. This gift that God gave us, it's, it's wonderful. As a matter of fact, Paul, when writing about the wonderfulness of, of the gift of God, he said, he struggled to find the words. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, he said, thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. For the rest of our lives, we will struggle to come up with the right words to say thank you for the gift that God has given you and I. But more than that, I, I believe on the other side of eternity that we're going to spend all of our lives in eternity forever worshiping God. And, and many of us have that connotation that we're going to be sitting on a cloud, strumming a harp and singing like Kumbaya or something like that. But that's that's not actually the picture that we have. The idea is that if God is this amazing God, that he is, if he is um, eternal, that means that forever he can't be understood completely. That, that there will always be more to learn and understand, more to worship. And so for all of eternity, we'll be finding out that there's more good in God than we knew. 10,000 years from now, 
There's going to be more good that you'll discover of God because he is perfectly good. That's what it means to worship God for all eternity. I can't comprehend that much good. It's probably because I'm not that much good. <laughs> but I want you to know that God is so good. And, and Paul here is talking about Jesus being that gift. I wonder if anybody here has received a gift that you struggle to try to come up with the words to say thank you for. You struggle to try to describe that gift. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, the gift that, that is presented to you and you say, oh, th thank you. Well, do you like it? I just, I don't even have the words. <laughs> That's not the kind of struggling. It's that speechless moment where they're like, these keys are to my car, but times a million. That's the kind of gift that we have in Christ Jesus. And that's why it was so hard for Paul, who wrote a majority of the New Testament, to struggle to come up with the words to offer back thanks and appreciation to Christ. But Jesus isn't just our gift. Jesus lifts our burdens. You see, Isaiah continues on in, in the rest of that verse, chapter 9, verse 6b, the government will rest on his shoulders. I need somebody here to know that Jesus wasn't just born a babe in a manger, but he was born with a purpose, and that purpose was to rule and reign for eternity. He is, he is no longer the soon-coming king. He is the king of glory. He reigns eternally. And I, I want you to understand that, that his title of King of Kings and Lord of Lords demonstrates to us that his eternal, uh, uh, his, his, his eternal rule is wonderful. That there is no king, there is no governor, there is no ruler, there is no president that is over him, that he will come and he will put it all in a right balance. That's why it, Paul told us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. There will come a day, Christ's legacy family, that everyone will stand before Jesus. Every person will stand before this, this little child that came and he, he lived a perfect life and he, and he died a sinner's death for you and for me. And, and he came in this humble, in, in, in humility he came to us. But there'll come a day where he throws off the humility and he stands before us and we can see him as who he is. That he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And whether you believe him or not, whether you trust him now or not, you will say he is the king of kings and you will bend your knee to him. Yes. And that's why it's so important that during this Christmas season that you trust him with your life, that you trust him with everything because he wants to rule your heart and your life. But it, see, see, Isaiah tells us not just that he will rule, but he, it also tells us how he'll rule. 
And most kings or presidents come and they, they, they get stricter and they take up more taxes. We know that, right? <laughs> and inflation comes and things get harder and everything gets worse. But I want you to know that Isaiah, two verses before verse six, tells us how Jesus will come. For you will break the yoke of, of their slavery the, and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You see, Jesus is not just a king that comes and he brings the law. Jesus removes the slavery and he lifts the burden off of your shoulders. I don't know what kind of burden that you've come in here today with, but whatever it is, whether it's sickness, whether it's addiction, whether it's the strain of a family relationship, Jesus wants to be there for you. And he wants to lift that burden. And he wants to give you the power and the ability to live through this moment and the next. And he wants to do that for you now. But it's not that Jesus is just a gift. It, he doesn't just lift our burdens. Jesus also comes to meet our needs. Isaiah tells us that he is the wonderful counselor. Now, that would be wonderful, right? Everybody needs some good advice here and there, don't they? I mean, but this is not the kind of counselor that's going to be rated like a, you know, a, a 4.5 on Yelp. Okay, he's not the kind of counselor that you just kind of call up and say, I need to schedule an appointment. You see, we, we get that. We get the word counselor from the from the uh, Hebrew word yoetz. And this word is is to describe the wisdom of God, the perfect wisdom of God. It, it's not just good advice. It's the right advice. It's the right thing. It's the truth. It's the foundational principles that ha have, have designed the universes. As a matter of fact, when the Greeks read the Hebrew, they translated yoetz to the word logos. And that's why when we read in, first, or in John chapter 1, John begins to describe Jesus as Logos, or the Word. And in John chapter 1, verse 14, John tells us that, so the Word became human and made his home among us. You see that Logos, that Word, the Greeks had this idea that, that at the foundation of creation was a, was a, a design, a logic behind everything. And that word logic is, is connected to logos. That's where we get the word logic. And you see, what John is trying to help us understand is, is that Jesus is the logic behind everything. He is the word. He is the, he is the reason behind everything. You see, young person, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, the world doesn't make sense without Jesus. It doesn't make sense without the logic, without the design behind everything. Perhaps you're here this morning and you're struggling, trying to wonder why things are like they are. Why you're going through what you're going through. Why things have to be so difficult. But I want you to know this morning 
that life will never make sense unless you understand it through the perspective of Christ Jesus. And whenever you begin to look through that perspective, the world will open up for you and you'll begin to see more clearly things will make sense. Jesus will bring understanding and perspective to your life. Your life will begin to work right. But it's not just a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the champion of our lives. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is the mighty warrior God. There is not one battle in your life that he can't win. There is not one thing in your life that he can't overcome. He can overcome every addiction. He can overcome every problem, every, every trial. If you put your faith, hope, and trust in him, he wants to do that for your life. He is our everlasting father. Many of us know what it's like to have a a godly dad, but perhaps there's some in here in this, this morning that has never grown up with a, a godly father in your home. And so you struggle with what exactly, who, who exactly God is and what is he like. Perhaps you feel like God is this eternal creator that is, is sitting on his throne and he's peering down off of his perch with a lightning bolt in his hand, ready to throw it down at you whenever you make a mistake. Maybe you, maybe you think that God is kind of an absentee father, that, that he, he, he threw it all out there and, and he, he watched it and then he's walked away from it. And he's let it run itself. But I want you to know that Isaiah tells us that God is not some absentee father. That God is, is not some, some uncompassionate God, but instead an everlasting father that delights to be with you and in your life. You feel like you feel like maybe if you've done something wrong in your life that God doesn't perhaps love you any longer. He doesn't have the patience or the time any longer because you seem to fail over and over and over again. But this, this Christmas, I need you to understand this, that God has come in such a special way to be your everlasting father that, that I know that when my kids are having a hard time, when my kids are being disruptive or, or uh, are hurting or, 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 or aren't getting it, they don't need me farther away. That's the moment when I draw close to them. And this is the moment that the everlasting Father would choose to draw close to you this Christmas morning. Won't you give your life to him? Won't you trust him with your life as your, as your everlasting Father? but he's also our Prince of Peace. And as I spoke just a few weeks ago, that peace in English is different than peace in Hebrew. The word peace is shalom. And peace doesn't mean the absence of problems. And when we talk about the absence of problems, many of us get frustrated because it's like, well, we love God, but but my life is filled with so many problems, I must not have peace. But shalom, peace, is not the absence of problems, but instead the presence of God in your problem. 
I would rather God in my problems than without problems and without God. Because I promise you this, if you don't have God, you don't have love, young people. If you don't know God, you don't know love. And I challenge you, don't look for peace as an absence from problems, but instead look for God in the middle of your problems because there is where you'll find peace. Amen. There are so many in this room right now that would be glad to stand and give a testimony of, of how God has, has been your God. That God has has been your mighty God, your everlasting Father, your Prince of Peace, even your wonderful Counselor. And I want to invite you on January 4th, where we're going to have on that Wednesday night at, at uh, 6.30, a testimony service where you and your family can come and join us and hear from people in the congregation that want to share their testimony of how God has brought them through these things. But no matter what your experience is this morning, no matter where you're from or, or what you've done in your life, you need to know on this Christmas morning that God wants a relationship with you. He's your gift. But the trick about a gift is, is simple is that if there's a gift under the tree, and it even has your name on it, the only way that you can have the gift is by receiving it. By recognizing that it's for you, and going and opening your gift, and enjoying it. It's as simple as that. But yet there are so many people every day that will reject the gift of God, that will say, I'll open it tomorrow. I'll open it one day. I'll, I'll, I'll come to him and, and I'll, I'll give my life to him another day. Christ's legacy and families that are joining us this morning, one day is today. The gift of God is for you. It's for your family. It's for those that you brought and those that, that weren't able to come this morning. And all you have to do is accept, receive. Say, Lord, I'd like that gift. I want to have that, that gift. Would, would you come into my heart, Lord? Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of all of the stuff I've ever done wrong. That's what Christmas is all about. That hope came into the world that, that we were sinners. But when he came, he gave us the opportunity that we could have life, that we could be forgiven of all sin and, and cleansed from all unrighteousness and stand before him completely right before God. Would you say that prayer with me this morning? Would you receive him into your heart? Would you receive that gift? Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for this beautiful group of people this morning that have chosen to come and celebrate the gift that you so freely gave to us. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you lift our burdens, Lord, that you meet our needs. And Lord, that when we say that prayer and invite you into our hearts, Lord, Lord, that you create something new in our lives. I pray, God, with all that's in me, Lord, that there are those this morning that would say yes to you, yes to your gift. Hallelujah. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I want to just take a moment. If you prayed that prayer, if you said, Lord, I, I need you this morning. Would you come into my heart? I receive you as my gift. If you prayed that prayer, would you just simply lift your hand? No one looking around. Don't be ashamed. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I see you. Those two. I'm looking around just a little bit longer. You pray that prayer with me and you receive the Lord as your gift. Wow. Lord, we thank you for those hands that were lifted. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your amazing love and the gift that you've given to us. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. The word logos gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Would you stand with me?
Christmas from our family to yours, and that the light of the world brings love to each and every one of your homes. God bless you as you continue to celebrate this Christmas. Amen. Amen. God bless you and be dismissed.